Hello, hello, Mediaverse members, and welcome to Mediaverse Unwrapped, where we bring our non-toxic Facebook community of Marvel fans to life. I'm your host, Max Taff, and I'm joined by my incredible co-host, Megan Spangler. This week, we're talking Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, First Looks, The God of Mischief Season 2 News, Funko's What If Leaks, The Return of John Bernthal's Punisher, and so much more. Very excited for today. Me too. Let's get this poppin'. Let's go. This talk show is brought to you by our partners at Facebook and their parent company, Meta. We would like to extend our heartfelt thanks and gratitude for our selection and inclusion in the 2022 Community Accelerator Program. Thank you for this incredible opportunity. We are working so hard to make you guys proud, and this is just the opportunity of a lifetime. So thank you so much. Yes, thank you. We're so, so grateful. Thank you for everything. First of all, obviously, we have to talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Just so you know, there are spoilers ahead. If you have not watched it, I would just now skip this part. Yes, spoilers ahead. Yes. So I guess, what did you think of it? Yes. So for a change, I actually got a chance to go to the movies like on the early screening night. So on a Thursday when it releases on Friday. And I was so excited because I never get to do that. Um, And to be honest with you, I really liked it. I don't know why I'm hearing so many mixed reviews on this movie. I get it. I really liked it, but I have a couple hot takes locked and loaded here. Ooh. So it was a good Ant-Man movie, right? It That's mm-hmm. what it is at the end of the day. But I felt like, first of all, I think it could have done a lot more with 30 minutes, probably added to it just a little more detail because there was not a bit of character development for anyone. Yeah, that's true. I noticed that now that you say that, like, there could have been a lot more character development, especially for characters like the Wasp. I mean, I feel like a lot of the development went to Hank and Janet, and we kind of got a little bit more about their relationship, a little bit more about her time in the quantum world, like what she was up to, but not a lot on our base characters that we always are used to seeing in these Ant-Man films. So I agree. Even Janet, she, you think it's character development. We just heard a slight bit of what happened in the quantum realm. We don't know who she is. Cassie, we see who she is now versus who she was years ago. And that's what we got. She's a her own freedom fighter. And that's it. Like, I don't know anything else. And then Hank, Hank is the MVP. He's just, he doesn't need character development. He's He's got it on his own. And then Paul Rudd can do no wrong. Oh, never. I feel like the first one was a good origin. Second one, all character development. Third one, No, it was just continuing the story, which is what it should be. But I feel like someone should have died. You think someone should have died? (laughs) You love when people die. hundred percent. I usually don't. But this time I was like, all right, someone's definitely going to die. Kang's going to put the smack down on him. We're going to know what we're dealing with. It's going to be a flex. No, not even an ant died. (laughs) Not even Antonio. Oh, he's the best. I know. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Dedicate this episode. (laughs) But, I mean, it's so hit or miss. Like, no one can deny Kang and Jonathan Major's amazing performance. Oh, gosh. Jonathan Major's killed it. Wow. I was... I mean, I really liked his performance in Loki. I thought that he was just incredible. But, you know, when you're just getting a little taste, he was only in it for, like, you know, just a few minutes. And at the end, you know, you kind of don't get a full feel for an actor's range or like how their performance is going to affect things, especially when you know they're coming back. And I was just blown away. I thought he was incredible. How rude of Marvel to give this man 
a role where he's completely clothed. <laughs> Give us something, dang. Yeah, you're right. I mean, he he crash landed in the quantum realm. I would have loved just like a ripped shirt, like something. Something like there was no there. This movie was constant action, which I liked. I really liked that there was no like heartfelt moments. Yeah. But like you could have gave us something there. You could have given us flash of that sexy time with Michelle Pfeiffer and Jonathan Majors. Okay, think <laughs> if you're Hank and your wife comes back and you see Kang and she's like, yeah, that's an ex. And he's like, that guy? I know. And I mean, Bill Murray's one thing, but Kang is a totally different situation. It's like, I would just feel so inadequate if I was him. Like, we just... <laughs> can, can he be in a relationship with both of us? Like, clearly, I'm oh my not, God. I'm, you know, like, <laughs> he's bringing something to the table that clearly no one else is. I mean, Megan, you just spiced up the entire film. Can you imagine? It's just like, yeah, Janet, let's just be in a throuple with Kang. I mean, it just... I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm never like that. <laughs> But I think it would have spiced it up. <laughs> I'm missing something here. Yeah. Something key that's in every other movie I watch is not here. And I think it's Scandal. There was not a bit of romance. There was two couples in this movie. No romance. Yeah. I forgot Scott and Hope were together the entire movie until the end when they did that head bump thing. And I was like, why are you? Oh, y'all supposed to be together. You gave us nothing of that. Like, where are they with that? Like, that it's makes so no funny sense that you me. mentioned that. They didn't have the best chemistry in this film. I feel like they were separated for a lot, but like, and I, I, you could definitely tell they cared about each other, but it, I just wasn't feeling that like passion or anything between them. It just seemed like, it did, you're right, it did seem a little off. I think, like, I really do like her as an actress, but I do think that this movie kind of like showed like, she's not, she she's just not right for the role in my opinion, because... Uh. We didn't see any chemistry between her and Cassie. We didn't see anything right there. You'd think you'd get the whole, you're not my mom kind of thing. Because that's what I assumed was going to happen. Nothing. You didn't get a daughter, mother-daughter relationship with her and Michelle Pfeiffer. Nothing. Her, I don't even know if her and Hank talked at one point. Nothing. Her and Scott didn't. Nothing. I was like, did you go into this knowing that it was all going to be about Cassie and Scott? Because if that's the case, I don't want you in the title. Yeah, I mean, like at least a kiss or something or like, I don't know. I just yeah. it felt very like platonic between them. It did not feel romantic. You're right. I actually got more romantic vibes from Hank and Janet because at least like they were like, you know, talking about like, you know, like, oh, her history in the quantum realm and like discussing that. Like they were very healthy with it. So I love that. But yeah, yeah I, I definitely see where you're coming from. I think honestly, I think what would have sold it is when they lost Scott and Cassie, if she broke down crying, like at one point just got so frustrated and was like, where are they? We don't know if they're okay. We need to find them. But instead it was, mom, what happened? Who'd you hook up with? Exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah, there was definitely like a little bit of a lack of like juicy, of, of, of like a juicy thing until we got to the end credits um, where Jonathan Majors comes out and with his like Council of Kings and there's like a million God. of them. Like, God, what did you think about that scene? I was like vibrating in my chair. I was so happy. <laughs> My husband was like, why is this a big deal? I was like, look at them all. And they all have different personality. There's Robert Tut. What is he doing? And he has metal arms. And what is going on? And I'm like, oh, God, we're in for it. I'm, I'm not ready. I know. W what did you I, I'm think? I'm not either. I'm not ready for it either. I think <laughs> they're setting up a lot. But you know what? It's kind of like they, they had like a, a tall order there with so many of them. There were at least like a good thousand of them there. And it's like, okay. how do you justify? I mean. I'm waiting for the story to develop because, you know, we a lot of people tend to forget we are still at the beginning of, of this phase and of this 
whole saga that they're building with, you know, Kang, um, the multiverse saga. So it's like we have to wait for them to fully unload the storyline on us. I mean, there's still so many unanswered questions here. Um, but I did think that they had a lot of Kangs there. And I'm trying to think like as to how they are going to justify having like thousands of Kangs and this like little group of Avengers. So I'm, I'm wondering if they're just going to be bringing in a ton of variants of Avengers to come fight them off. If that's the way that they're going to do it. I really think it's going to be you're going to have all these background Kangs that mean nothing to the movie. You're going <laughs> to focus on three or four of them. I'm willing to guarantee it. But if they're better than this one, oh, Avengers are going to yeah. die. It's going to happen. I thought he was incredible. I think that he is definitely having a moment right now. Oh, I think his moment's going to keep going because we saw oh, yeah. only a little bit in Loki and it was enough for us to be like, that's Kang. I don't mm -hmm. know him, but that's him. Like, it's just, God, he was good. And then we have the post credit scene where it's the Council of Kang and you see all of these ranges happening in our face. That was wild yes. to me. You, we don't, we've never seen that before. That like we've seen variants and we've seen all the Paul Reds in the movie. We saw all of those, but they're all the same person. This was just this was cutting edge, in my opinion. I'm really excited to see how they take those kings and really give us like more backstory on them. I mean, obviously yes. we've got like a long time before, you know, King Dynasty comes out. So they've got plenty of time to like really like iron out these details and explain to the audiences, especially general audience members who aren't as well versed on like the comics or things like mm -hmm. that. I think that this is going to be really good. And seeing Jonathan Majors portray these different characters, like these very different variants of Kang is going to be incredible. I can't wait. I mean, can you name another actor who can do all this in one movie and we still love him? Like, that's the ah. crazy part. Who? Tom Hiddleston. Oh. Loki. Come on. He played like mm. 10 different variants and he was really good. That's in that so too. true. That is so true. There was like alligator Loki and kid mm. Loki, although President Loki could get it. Like, oh, yes. Mm. God bless America. He was amazing. <laughs> Loki for president, everyone. Loki for president. Loki for president. But we got some hot takes from members. It was pretty back and forth, if we're being honest. The one that got the most reviews, which is so positive. It was my quad quantum mania hot take is that actually one of the best MCU movies made. That's a good that's one. A, that's a really nice one. I disagree, but it's a that really was a nice, very nice one. one. Yeah. Then there's Justin P. This movie makes the Ant-Man trilogy the only trilogy in the MCU to solve the villain problem. Every movie's main villain either has returned or will be returning an upcoming movie. Mm. I didn't know, realize that. You know, I can see what he's saying because I feel like in the past, the MCU has had an issue with like, they have these great villains that they like set this whole movie up, like, you know, uh, where they're building this character. And then all of a sudden at the end, it's like they either die or get arrested or, you know, like somehow disappear, never to be seen again. Mm. And it's like, you know, I, I kind of like how, you know, I guess when you think of Thanos, he was kind of like built up over time as well, but kind of just in bits and pieces. I feel like this phase Marvel is really like getting up in your face and like, you know, we're introducing yeah. Kang now. Get used to it. He's going to be here for a while. Yeah, because I feel like with Thanos, we got a sprinkle of him, but we still got a villain in every movie. The difference is in the trilogies, we had a villain in each movie because Marvel mm -hmm. is notorious for killing them off in every movie. Yeah. For example, MODOK. Rest in oh. peace to the, the greatest Avenger. Rest in peace, MODOK. Rest in peace. <laughs> that was 
that was soon. But you know what? I was I was reading something. It was either earlier today or yesterday where it was Peyton Reed or it was someone involved in the Ant-Man film who was talking about MODOK and they kept like mentioning MODOK, but like in a present tense. So I'm wondering if we're done with MODOK altogether. It I mean, was if- Jeff Loveness. That's the one. Yes. And like, okay. So I was thinking, what if it's a variant? What if we see another one? And then a genius member says, you know, they could just make anyone MODOK. They have the technology to do that. He's just a machine. That's true. And I was like, well, you just, well, now I don't have a theory. So, okay. (laughs) God, they're so smart. People are geniuses. What were your thoughts on MODOK? Like, what did you think about Corey Stoll coming back as MODOK? What was your reaction to that? I really loved it. (laughs) I know it's like so I'm in the minority, but I loved him in the Ant-Man movie. I thought he was a perfect addition. He fit well with everyone and I just hated him and he made it that way. And then he's this lovable little America sweetheart who's not a dick anymore. I know. (laughs) I I loved it. I thought it was great. And then he died and I was like, this is this is just wild. I know, and I, I, I'll say, like, I kind of found him adorable in a weird way. I don't know why. I know. I don't know. I can't I don't explain know what that. It is. I really liked it. I feel like Cassie in her first movie when she's like, it's so ugly. I love it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I love how they showed the whole scene, like, where he's, like, taking off his, like, little suit thing that he's in. And, like, uh-huh. you can just see his, like, weirdly shaped butt. And you're just like, ooh. <laughs> disgusting like it's the weirdest thing but i saw it and i was like that's a newborn butt i've had two babies and i know what it looks like that is a newborn (laughs) baby's butt and i was like that was that's a weird weird flex but keep doing you marvel i don't care it was a little bit of a weird flex the butt was odd um but i will say like i overall enjoyed his performance as modok i thought it was a little too short-lived. I hope that they bring him back in some shape or form, I think. And you know what? That member is right. It really could be anyone. Now. They could choose to start MODOK this way and then like have him evolve into something else. Or maybe a right. different variant of Kang has a different type of MODOK like, or a different like person as MODOK. Variants, multiverse, infinite possibilities. Who knows? I'm down for it. I don't care. He's so underrated. I know. You know what? I really enjoyed... Darren Cross in the original Ant-Man, Corey Stoll's original character, I feel like he was very underrated and he's honestly one of the most ruthless like uh, villains that I've yes. seen in Marvel. He like disintegrated someone into like a little like drop of goo and then just like wiped it up and flushed it down the toilet. I was like, That's Whoa. it. I think that was it because it was like an Ant-Man movie, but you're showing us like the craziest villain, the one who does not care. Like yeah. other ones, they are like, I have a reason for doing this. I have... There's a backstory that explains how I feel. And he's like, no, I want this and I want it now. And I'll kill you if you get in my way. <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah. God, so exactly underrated. Right. Well, no. next one is from Joe G. Hi, Joe. Hi, Joe. He's a good member. He says, Hank should have died up in the state to up the stakes. His character is no longer needed now that Cassie can do all his science stuff. Also, we don't need any more super smart teens in the MCU. Everyone do all the science technology stuff now. It reduces the specialness of that unique quality. Does it? So I will say Joe is totally right. I feel like every like young person being introduced into the MC was all of a sudden like a computer genius. And it's been I like know. the last few movies. It's been like every like young person is like, oh, I know how to solve like quadratic equations in my head. And I'm like, what? And they're like that in the comics. But like, give us some normal ones, you know, like 
I don't like feeling dumb when I watch a teenager <laughs> on TV who's already cooler than me, <laughs> smarter than me. Uh-huh. But like, I'm I'm good with it. I know Riri is a genius. Cassie oh, Lang yeah. didn't know she was a genius until now. Tom Holland, uh, Spider Man's always been smart. Like, what are what are we doing? We're we're just getting one kind of person. Give me an idiot. I know. <laughs> <laughs> they're creating a super team of just like teens and I'm wondering like is there some kind of build up happening here will there be some kind of payoff will there be some kind of like teen like super brain trust in the MCU I mean who knows it, it seems like every yeah. time you turn around there's like some new genius popping up and before it was like you could okay like Tony Stark Shuri like I get it you know but and like you know Bruce Banner but now it's like every teen that comes into the show is like oh hey like <laughs> I have well, something I guess, like- really cool Kate Bishop isn't like that. She's just, she's very good at what she does. And then Yelena, Yelena, I've never Uh said it aloud now that I think about it. (laughs) She's, she's a super spy. She knows everything about that, but she's not a computer whiz. She's not a mathematician. She's just, she's good at what she's learned. So I like that. But God, he had a good point. He did. I think that was a good point. Um, but I mean, you know, I, I agree with most of what he said, actually. I think that is true. Hank should have died. Hey, it would have definitely added a little bit of um, like texture to the film. The film kind of felt a little, you know what I mean? And it kind of would have yeah. added a little something, a little, a little extra kick. And I know that um, even um, the actor who plays Hank Pym. Um, Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas. I was going to say Richard <laughs> Gere. Jeez, I'm sorry, Michael Douglas, oh my if you're listening. <laughs> my, Richard <laughs> oh, Gere is a handsome man. He's, he's oh, fine. Oh, yes. They both are. We'll <laughs> give it to both of them. Yeah, he's doing good. Um, so Michael Douglas, he even said he was like, he was being asked on the red carpet premiere, like, oh, would you come back? Would you come back? Is there an Ant-Man 4? Would you come back? And he kept saying, only if they kill me, <laughs> which I thought was kind of hilarious. Like, <laughs> but now I kind of see what he was saying. So I get it. It's a genius answer. <laughs> but then I think it should have been Jan, not Janet should have lived. It should have been Hope yeah. and Hank died because I think as dark Hope as it is. <laughs> Yeah, well, think about it. How poetic would it have been if they were separated again? Like Janet yeah. did not have her family and that was her fault because she never told him what was in the quantum realm because that part didn't sit well with me. I'm like, Janet, you fake. Come she was on. so sketchy the whole, and I'm like, I how have... long have you been back and you haven't told them anything? That's so oh weird. Oh my God, when I get back, I tell my husband what happened at the store. I know. Like, how, did, how did you not <laughs> say anything? You just like, just kept it. So what's our routine? What's for breakfast? That doesn't make sense to me. It's just crazy. I know. I know. Um, it was pretty wild. And and you know what? Now though, now that, you, now that I have seen the movie and I like can have seen the entire thing and see like what she was up to in the quantum realm, like hmm, maybe that's why you didn't want to tell anyone, Janet. Oh huh? my god, you got it with Jonathan Mayers, Bill Murray, and probably some we don't know about. I mean, I know it was thirty years. You you, you got your needs. It's cool. There's no slut shaming here. Uh-uh. But like Bill Murray. Listen, I mean, I'm assuming he was um, younger looking at the time. And I'm also assuming <laughs> no slack to Bill Murray because, again, a handsome man. But I'm just saying, Janet, I understand you, girl. 30 years is a long ass time. So long I get time. it. And you man. know she was all up on Kang, too. So don't even try me on that one. Oh, for sure. Wouldn't you? My God. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think like, any of us in that, that situation. Was a, that was probably a welcome <laughs> surprise. Like, oh, thank you. God, you're <laughs> like, I've just been getting it with Bill. I mean, it's not. I know. He's, and he's a variety here. Thank you so he's much, like the Jonathan. Thank, thank you. <laughs> another human to do this with. 
So our very own Jose C. Jose. Jose. I love that guy. Says, not much of a hot take, but Thanos would fold this king easily. Sir, Ant-Man folded this king easily. Oh. Thanos would not have looked at this man. No, 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 no. And I'm happy that you brought this one up. I was hoping you would choose this one because I actually <laughs> like, so in the comics, there's like a, a, a panel that has been circulating around since Kang has been announced as the main villain for this phase. And it's of Kang, like literally like, I don't know if he's like choking Thanos or holding him somehow, but Thanos is just like disintegrating. Like, I think that honestly, what I would love to see in the MCU is like, some kind of like variant of Thanos that Kang like plucks from the multiverse and just to like flex his power just like disintegrates him right there and is like that was your villain you ain't seen nothing yet like I would kill for oh that oh my god I need to see multiple villains fighting each other because oh. I've seen the the picture going around where it's like Ultron Loki Kang yeah. and Thanos and I'm like well stop teasing me stop fishing you already caught me like <laughs> I need to see it god I would, I would love that I would love it. The villains are just treated so poorly, in my no. opinion. I like, like Loki's not even a villain anymore, and I know that's a hot button for some, but like, I like his character development. I do too. I love Loki. I think you know, he's he lives in the gray area. He is very much in that, just like that space where it's like I could be good one day. If I feel like being bad, I'm gonna be bad. So that's exactly think- it. He's the god of mischief. Oh, exactly. Exactly. It's in his nature. And I, I'm just so excited for Loki season two, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. But mm-hmm. um, so. All right, guys, we've gone over your hot takes and we appreciate them and we agree with some of them. So now let's talk about a hot take that I heard recently. And I'm not so sure how I feel about this. I want Megan's opinion. Let's go. Evangeline Lilly has been talking about her own show on Disney Plus. What are your thoughts, Megan? And why are you shaking your head for the people First who are all- not watching? First of all, I am so mad that she talked about this before the movie came out. You just <laughs> told us you weren't going to die. Listen. What, what is your problem? That made me like, I don't really Spoiler like alert. you that much. Because the, you know there's no talk of a show. She's just campaigning. You know that's what it is. Exactly. I love her as an actress, but I don't think she's strong enough to pull off an entire comic book show for herself. Yeah, I definitely agree. Like, here's the thing. There's not enough, like fleshing out of her own character to warrant like a whole series. Like I just wouldn't find that interesting enough. I mean, when you think about how it's her character is so tied into Ant-Man, like she doesn't have a lot going on on her own. Like she doesn't. It's because she's a sidekick. That It's yeah. so sad, but she is. And in the comics, she's not. She's nuts in the comics. She's amazing. <laughs> I will watch literally anything Marvel puts out. I sat and watched I Am Groot. <laughs> which like had nothing to do with anything. So yes, I will take whatever you give me, but I highly advise don't do this. Not yet, Evangeline. Not yet. Maybe. Maybe someday, but not now. We'll let you know. We'll call it. Yeah. You. We'll get back to you, girl. <laughs> it's okay. We'll get back to you. <laughs> now, let's circle back to Loki. We mentioned him a little bit at the beginning of the episode. So let's talk about that post credit scene that we haven't discussed yet. So the big final post credit scene at the end of the movie, Loki and Mobius find Kang. I don't know when, I don't know where, but he looks old timey and I'm excited for it. Didn't they look so good? They did. I don't they know did. what it is about that old timey look on them, but I I really dig it. 
Mm-hmm. I got to be honest, Loki one didn't do it for me. I found out. I realized that it kind of dragged really? for me. Yeah, I love Loki. Don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. I think it was Sylvie that kind of brought it down for me. I wasn't too big into her character, and then it just just kept going. It, it felt more like an introduction to Sylvie than more about Loki. Mm-hmm. I I have to say, Loki is one of my favorite of the of the <laughs> Disney Plus shows. I I loved it. It's like it's like WandaVision, Loki, Moon Knight are like my top oh Marvel my shows. Yes, I mean, I I loved Loki. Loki was such a vibe. Uh, I feel like every Marvel show is such a vibe. I, I you know, and a lot of people complain about the shows and wanting less of them, but I love the shows. I feel like it gives us instead of just like one night at the movies, it gives us like you know, six to eight weeks of like our characters that we get to look forward to. It gets me through my week. Like, this is my jam, you know? I love it. There hasn't been one that I just haven't liked. There's been some that I've liked less. <laughs> but I, but I, I'm rewatching Moon Knight right now. Like, it, <sighs> it's all, all of it are, is great. And WandaVision, such a powerful way to start that. And I oh, just, yes. I can't, I can't imagine being the person that's like, give us less. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll say, okay, like, you know, if the VFX artists are feeling, you know, spread thin and overworked, this might be a great solution. So that way they can continue to give the best while not being so overrun with projects. But at the same time, it's like, I'm selfish and I want more MCU shows and I'm sorry. (laughs) I feel bad about saying that. I definitely think that Loki season two is going to be special in the fact that since it was announced so early i mean it was like that was the post credit scene for loki season one i they had that plan they had a season two mapped out already i'm ready to see where that takes us i think it's going to be a really special project number one i think it's going to be very changing for the mcu i feel like we're going to see a lot of stuff like just how season one of loki was kind of like the intro to this whole multiverse variance different type of um storytelling in that aspect i feel like season two is going to help us crack the code and kind of figure out all these different questions we have about the, how the multiverse works, how these variants work, how all these Kangs can exist at one time. Is it timelines? Is it parallel universes? Like, what is it? I feel like Loki season two is really going to get into that. And I'm really excited to learn all that we are going to get from that. Oh, definitely agree. I think that's what was so hard about Loki. You turned it on and you're like, I don't know what any of this means. I don't know what the multiverse is. I don't, I don't understand. Who is Sylvie? Is she him? Who knows? I think that's like, Damn, that's what kind of got me. Question. Yeah. That and was, now, I think, on a lot of people's mind. Yeah, because there was a lot of like, oh, it's Lady Loki. It's this person. It's this person. I was like, I know none of those people. You're not helpful. Because I didn't read the comics at that time. Mm-hmm. So it was like, you were just kind of along for the ride if you didn't read the comics. But Exactly. It's true. Yeah. So if you're, but you go back and watch, you're like, mm, okay, that, that, that makes sense. So I think season two is going to be a lot better for everyone because we know more. And Jonathan Majors is in it. Since when has exactly. a villain been in shows and the movie? I know. I'm stoked like, about that, too. You're right. Yeah. Like, it's never happened. I like that they're experimenting with this new medium, the shows. I think it's really great. Um, I, I definitely want to see where Loki and Mobius, like, are coming from with that post credit scene from Ant-Man. Like, I want to know, like, what brought them there? what made them think to go to that time period to find Kang? Like, what are they doing? Like, how is, you know, at the end of Loki season one, I mean, Mobius didn't remember who he was. He was like, oh, you're an analyst, right? So it's like, how did they get close? I mean, is Loki just showing him something to prove it to him? So try and, you know, jog his memory or prove like what's happening? I mean, how did Kang erase him like that? I'm really interested to know. 
a lot of good questions. Yeah, I like I forgot that he completely didn't know who he was. Oh my god, my mind is blown right now. It's all hitting me at once. <laughs> the multiverse is opening, Megan. <laughs> the cracks. <laughs> this is this is bad. So I, I really would like a trailer. I do think I a trailer's know. coming. I know. They just posted on their the Loki certified page for like the first time in a while, but it was about Disney's podcast. And I was like, why are you trying to get uh, this active now? Because they've been doing a thing lately where they post the trailer to that character's Facebook, not Marvel Studios. Because I found uh, Ant-Man and the Guardians at on their certified Facebook first before Marvel. So I think they're trying to they're trying to branch out and make all these other things to be followed. Yeah. Which is really cool. I like it, but like the Ant-Man one I didn't know came out. It just happened. So I was scavenging the internet and turns out it was on his freaking Facebook. Oh my God, how annoying. But you know what? I kind of see it. I mean, they're trying to direct the engagement where they need it. And, you know, I can relate when we run this group. Listen, sometimes we got to do the same thing. We do the same thing, man. It's, it's... I respect it. I read recently that Kang will be affecting like every project coming up now. So I'm wondering that how, too. you know, like I'm wondering how we're going to see Kang like affecting all these future projects. Like, you know, and I, I want to know where do you think that he is going to pop up next? Like, where do you think Kang is going to pop up after? You know, obviously we're getting him in Loki season two. And where do you think he's most likely to pop up next? I'm going to say it's going to be a variant of Kang in every thing because he had so many Kangs in the Council of Kang. Uh-huh. There has to be a way to show us what we're dealing with, even if it's a sprinkle. I think that's what it's going to be. It's going to be a slight sprinkle, except Loki. He's getting it hard. But <laughs> like, Kang's giving it to Loki hard, guys. Oh, my goodness. Season two, baby. Season two. Season two is going to be lit. But That's the scandal that Megan's looking for. God of mischief. I pray to you. I pray to you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, but like, it, it's a cute idea. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think we're going to get like some some exposition, some backstory on like the, the King variants that we've seen, like that now that we've had introduced the end of Ant-Man, like the, the main council of Kang is like Ramatut. For sure, I could see popping up in Moon Knight. I mean, they already teased him in Moon Knight season one. Mm-hmm. True. I definitely think that we're going to see some Rama tonight. We, I think they're going to go deep into his story. I think that has a lot to do with <laughs> Kang's general origins as to how he branched the multiverse, how he went, you know, and found his variants. I think that that's going to be part of that storyline. I, I, I think. I think so too, because like Rama Tut, he was very active in Kang's story with Kang's girl, Miss Ravona Renslayer. Bless you. Yes. Yeah. So I think. That's a good one, like with Ramatut. That's what I'm excited for. Any iteration of Moon Knight is great. I love the character. I love the backstory. I think that there's so much potential there. And I, I would love to see Kane go up against Moon Knight. You know how crazy Moon Knight is? And I would think that would be insane. Like, let's that would be a real match. Like, Ant-Man, Ant-Man was good. He used his abilities to his advantage with, with Kang. And I think that that's kind of like where he thrives. I think Moon Knight is just like, you know, he's down and dirty he doesn't pull punches and i would love to he see is, king go against that somebody needs to put king in his place at some point i'm ready for it balls to the wall and when you get tired of moon knight fam you get stephen grant exactly like, exactly like, you just you just don't win there's no winning there's no way and you know i know i've seen like a lot of people talking about like another way that king could pop up in the future would be like who bought avengers tower like there's like this big hole like in the middle with like you know a trees and stuff and that Spider-Man swings through or, or by at one point. And there, there's a lot of speculation as to who bought Avengers Tower. 
And I know in Loki season one, there was like in in that void where they were at, where Elias lives and they get kind of dumped after they get pruned. There's like in the background, you see shots of like the Avengers Tower with like Kang Enterprises, but it's spelled like Q-E-N-G, like a clever play on Kang. Oh. And I, I'm wondering if maybe we'll see Kang pop up in that respect, like in a Fantastic Four movie or maybe even in Ironheart. Oh, there's Iron Man connections. But I don't think, where does Riri Williams go to school again? I think it's, no, she goes to school in, at MIT, right? Yeah, because there was a big thing about MJ and Ned running into her. Oh, I would love that. That would be killer. I know. She would, would hate Ned so much. And oh, I would, I'd God. need to see it. MJ <laughs> would not put up with her. I, I, I'd need to see that too. Because they're both really smart. Like, I, I need true. to see it. Like, I know there's supposed to be like a magical element to um, Ironheart with some new characters that are coming in. And like, what if like that kind of segues to like bring Ned into Ironheart since they're going to kind of the same school, I think. Like, you know, that would be cool. That would be cool. But I he's a sorcerer in training. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I want to see him with Wong. Mm. I got to see I got to see that play out because we all saw you do magic. We know you can do it. I need to see it. I'm ready for it. All right, so introducing our Hot Topics and Rumor Roundup, let's start off with uh, our Funko Soda Merch Leaks topic for discussion. The last couple of weeks, we've had some major leaks from Funko, who is a popular nerd culture um, purveyor of action figures, toys, figurines, things like that. They started to advertise their new collection for What If Season 2, which has not released yet. So, Megan, what do you think? I don't know. The Hella one, it doesn't look like her to me. It felt very, very toned down for her because her character is really, really a badass. And we have this one who she kind of looks older. Her hair is pulled back. Her outfit. I've seen some say it's dragon scales. I don't know. But I don't know. I feel like they kind of dropped the ball in her look. Yes. She appears to be wearing a Talo costume from Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. So I kind of have to agree with Megan. I feel like she does look a little haggard. I don't know what she's got going on, but that red eye makeup looked wild. Yes. Just seeing her from Ragnarok and kind of knowing her character from the comics, it's like, I feel like she's been done a little dirty, you know, because I feel like we already weren't given enough time with her. And then this is what you give me. Maybe I'm just being shady. I don't know. Yeah. So I'm really excited for it. I love What If because I love the variety that you get each week when you're watching it like week by week as it releases on Disney+. Plus. Um, I will say Hela did look a little rough. I don't know if that's part of her character. Maybe she's like really at battle. I'd like to know why she's wearing a like a costume that kind of represents Shang-Chi and that whole corner of the universe. Because to be honest with you, it doesn't make sense. And I guess that's the whole <laughs> point of What If. Yeah. Because... None of the combinations and the what if scenarios that they always have make sense. But I'm excited to see how they're going to connect like Thor Ragnarok with Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. What do you think? How do you think they're going to do it? That's a really good point. They really don't make sense. So here I am complaining, saying it just doesn't make sense. But like, that's the point. So maybe I should uh-huh. just just wait to see what happens. Yeah, I mean, my whole thing with this is the fact that, you know, if she's wearing that costume, it's like, whose side is she on? We always expect Tella to be a villain. But if she's wearing a costume that's reminiscent of Talo, I mean, it kind of raises a couple of questions. Like, whose side is she really on? And also, like, who did she kill for that outfit if that if she isn't on the good yeah. guy side? Well, <laughs> like, who did she kill? I've heard the rumors, rumors, not confirmed, just a rumor that it's the episode is about if she never got banished. So it's like, 
Is she seen as a good guy because she didn't get banished? They just got me through a loop. I don't even know where to go with this. And I mean, could like, could Talo be like the 10th realm? Could Odin have gone to conquer Talo? Ooh. I mean, I know I've been hearing rumors from people who were at D23 last year and saw the trailer that hasn't been released to the public yet saying that there's Odin versus Wu fight sequences, which I think would be really cool. I mean, those different fighting styles and the different cultures meshing together would be really interesting to see on screen. So I'm really excited for this. I do like when they do that. Let's move on to the second Funko leak that uh, came about recently. So a new character has been introduced and forgive me if I misspell the name, uh, but who is Kaori? She is a new character that is not from the comics that is being made into toys already. So she's coming from What If Season 2. What do we know about her so far, Megan? So her pronunciation of her name, while it's spelled Kahori, it's actually Kahorti. Apologize to any Mohawk people if I said that <laughs> wrong. Just know it's all with respect. I'm so sorry. So her name is actually a real wolf clan name. And it means she stirs the forest, as in she motivates those around her, which already wow. sounds pretty powerful. Like, I'm, I'm pretty excited about this. So basically... The story is from the native Mohawk perspective, and it's done with complete cooperation of the Mohawk people mm, from dialogue awesome. to adornment. That's amazing. And they even used a Mohawk language expert for the show because the show wow. will be in the Mohawk language. That's insane. I can't believe they're going to do a whole episode in another language. I mean, that's that's pretty amazing. And it really goes to show how about, you know, it goes to show the lengths that Marvel is willing to go to, you know, create inclusivity and to create those spaces where people can feel like they belong and like they're being represented. And I love that. I think that's incredible. It's the representation we've already seen firsthand because one of our wonderful members, Diana Costa, she is part Mohawk and she was psyched. I would be so happy. Like, that. that is huge. That That's, is cool. Yeah, it's such a specific thing to make a character of and think of all the people you're representing. I think it's incredible. I love it. I love it. I mean, I when I, at first, before they released, like, kind of the breakdown of what her character is going to be doing and what the episode is going to be about, I was kind of thinking, like, oh, who, who could she be related to? Could she be someone who is, you know, related to Echo? Yeah. Echo has Native American ancestry. So Could it be... You know, is she an agent of the multiverse working for Uatu the Watcher? I mean, I didn't know. But now that we kind of know a little bit more, Megan, why don't you tell us a little bit more about what the episode's going to be about? So just to address the Echo thing, Echo is actually Cheyenne. Just oh. so we, yeah, just so we all bust that rumor, which I would really like if they're related. But, you know, I get it. I didn't so, know that. Yes, yes. So it asks what would happen if the Tesseract fell to Earth and landed in Sovereign Haudenosaunee. I'm so sorry, Mohawk people. I'm I am the worst. <laughs> just know I'm trying my best. I'm like sweating. We just lost come, like 200 listeners. <laughs> please come back. I love you so much. So it landed there before the colonization of America. The Tesseract takes on a new life and a new mythology, transforming a lake into a gateway to the stars and leading Kahorti, a young Mohawk woman, on a quest to discover her power. That sounds, I need a movie. I don't need a what if episode. I need all of it. I need all of it too. That sounds amazing. And I actually looked at the pr pronunciation for this word. It's pronounced Haudenosaunee. <laughs> so I butchered that, but I appreciate you in that extra mile. I told myself last night, look up this word, memorize it. 
And then I turned on Jessica Jones and the <laughs> night left me, of course. Understandable as like Jessica Jones <laughs> is one of my favorite of the Defenders shows. So I <laughs> totally get that. It's been way too long since I've seen it now that you just reminded me. So I think I might do a rewatch too some like sometime soon. You have to. Speaking of Jessica Jones, we have to talk about the Punisher. The Punisher, yes. Oh my, oh my God. John Bernthal has been officially announced as returning as the Punisher in the 18-episode Daredevil Born Again Disney Plus series, and I am just so stoked about this. Um, for those of you who don't know, John Bernthal worked on the Netflix Punisher series for two seasons. He appeared in Daredevil. You may know him from his leading role in American Gigolo on Showtime. He also starred alongside Leonardo DiCaprio in The Wolf of Wall Street. We've got a lot to talk about with this one. I am so excited. I think he is brilliant and like weirdly sexy. And I am not ashamed to admit that. So, Megan, what do you, you think? <laughs> you should not be because he is a whole snack. I don't care. Oh, yes. God bless mm. him. And he like it. We knew it was coming because if there's one person who is so passionate about their role, it's him. He did the research when he got the role. He went to comic book stores. He talked to the clerks. He said, what should I read? How do I learn about this character? And he did that homework. That says a lot to me. It's not just a face. It's the passion. And I feel like we don't see that very often. I'm excited. The same with Charlie Cox. I'm really excited to see him back as Daredevil yes. and to see these two interacting again. What do you think? I think they had such an on-screen chemistry. It's like riding a bike. They're going to get back yes. on screen. It's going to be exactly where they left off. I don't know about the story because Charlie Cox has said, this isn't a, a new season to Daredevil. This is a season one. We are starting over, <laughs> which is like, that's a big old thing to tell us, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So, and so many episodes, I, I just don't know which way they're going to go. We know Kingpin is in it. I really hope she hulks in it. I really do. Oh my God, that would be awesome. Wouldn't it? Thank you. But with, like, I love with, John, with John Bernthal, it's like he has publicly said, I will not come back to be Frank Castle, Frank Castle being the Punisher. I mm -hmm. will not come back to be Frank Castle unless they do the character justice. If they change it, if they, as some say, Disneyfy it, make it more Disney, he will not do it. So it's like, are they going to get dark in this show? Which I hope they do. Because they're like it's full of dark characters that we need to see, desperately need to see after all the humor we've seen and all the lightheartedness. I totally agree with you. I would love to see a little bit more um, grit. I th don't think they're going to go as dark as the Netflix shows did. I feel like they don't have the license at this point with Disney Plus yet to be introducing like, you know, like a lot of like bloody like deaths and like shooting and stuff like that that you we've grown accustomed to seeing from the Netflix shows. I think that they're going to probably tone that down a bit. But you know what? I'm honestly surprised. I from like the recent projects that have come out, I've seen a few things on Disney Plus that I'm like, hmm, like they're really pushing the envelope with that. So I think this is going to be great. Um, Marvel is not shying away from, you know, a little bit more mature content as we've, you know, as we know, Daredevil, I'm sorry, not Daredevil, Deadpool 3 is coming out at some point next year. Um, Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman are gearing up for that and it's going to be rated R. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if we get a little bit of a grittier take on things, but you know, who knows? We'll see. I don't know where the story will take us. Especially after watching Moon Knight, which th that's a dark show, whether you want to, whether you look at it dark or not, there is at one point he tries to kill himself and it shows that so i feel like that that shouldn't that tell you how dark they're going to get at least to an extent 
And, you know, they're saying it won't be on Disney Plus if it's dark. Jessica Jones is on it. If you watch the first three episodes, there's some dirty stuff happening in those with Luke Cage. Oh, yes, there definitely is. Which I really like them together. They're really cute. Let's get into where we last saw the Punisher, where we left off with him in his Netflix series. They pretty much wrapped it up at the end of season two. I mean, if you know, if if we remember Frank kills his longtime best friend, Billy Russo, a.k.a. Jigsaw, at the end of the finale, we see Frank scouting out a warehouse where he has lured drug dealers together after a time jump Mm -hmm. um, so he can take them out. So we do see that, you know, Frank isn't looking to settle down into a normal life anytime soon. He's still up to his Punisher antics at the last time we saw him. So I'm assuming it's going to be the same kind of a deal here. And I just want to know, you know, bringing these characters back together, but not having the backstory where they've met before and things. I just wonder how they're going to go about doing that. And for some reason, Marvel has been so tight-lipped about this, and I don't know why. I don't know what it is, but after Phase 4, they have been so tight-lipped on everything from the Daredevil Born Again to Mm -hmm. Fantastic Four casting to everything, which I really do like. Because there was a point in time where you wouldn't know it was happening in a movie until you went to the movie itself. Mm, it's true. Now we have the internet. We have leaks. We have everything. We The whole plot to Quantumania was posted a week That's before so it came out. I, I read it. I'm not going to lie to you. But <laughs> <sighs> I love spoilers. I just love them. You do. Mm-hmm. I do. I have a problem. Um, the next one I want to see is Jessica Jones. I know that on the Instagram post that John Bernthal made kind of announcing that he was coming back as the Punisher. Kristen Ritter liked his post. And I know a lot of people like to read into that. And I'm crossing my fingers, but it seems like Kristen Ritter might be coming back. Yes. That is a rumor, but I'm crossing my fingers and toes. I'm ready for it. I loved her. Honestly, I think it. she's definitely coming back. She commented on it with a fire emoji, which I haven't seen her comment on many things. For her to go out of her way to comment on this, it's like... She's ready. She knows it. She posts pictures of Mike Coulter, who was Luke Cage in the Netflix show. She has posted a picture of herself in the gym wearing a Daredevil shirt. Ma'am, stop toying. Stop. <laughs> stop fishing. You already caught me. I like <laughs> I just think John Bernthal really does such a great job in the role. And he just brings his A-game to whatever he does. And I, I'm just very impressed with him. I'm very happy to hear he's coming back. And I think a lot of our members are happy to hear that John Bernthal is coming back. Megan, we just did a group poll, didn't we? What did you think about those results? They, I did not see them coming. (laughs) So, but I'm happy they were this way because I I tend to agree. So it was 80% was for Bernthal, which Mm -hmm. I I really love that. 10% was for Thomas Jane, 6% was for Dolph Lundgren, and 4% was from Ray Stevenson. I thought Ray would be higher. You know what the funny thing is? When when we started this poll, I didn't even realize so many actors had played the Punisher <laughs> before. I mean, gosh, it's kind of like up there with like Hulk with how many different yeah. actors have played them in different iterations. I mean, I'm excited that everyone liked John Bernthal a lot. I mean, that's a no-brainer. I feel like he is the best. I agree. Like, it, like, tell me how many people are looking to find the Punisher series right now because of the news. You're absolutely right. I'm sure their streaming (laughs) analytics just went like through the roof on The Punisher. And (laughs) you can get caught up with seasons one and two of Bernthal's The Punisher now on Disney Plus. So check that out in preparation for his role where he's coming back in Daredevil. We are so excited. 
I know Megan is dying. I'm dying. dying. Everyone's dying. We're just ready for it. We're not okay. <laughs> Thank you for listening to us. Now is a message from our group creator, Grant Cohen. Yes, yeah, a little post-credit scene of his own. Oh my God, it's his Easter egg scene. Hello, my name's Grant, and I'm the founder of Mediaverse, and you've been listening to Mediaverse Comics and Rap. I just wanted to give you all a quick thank you for listening and being a part of this super cool journey that we're going on, and to thank Meta for opportunities they're giving us right now. Hopefully we'll see you again soon on one of our multiple platforms. In the meantime, cheerio. Yes, always a pleasure. Don't forget to join our Facebook group, Mediaverse Comics Unwrapped, and like our public page on Facebook, Mediaverse Plus. Follow us on Twitter at Mediaverse Plus, and we will catch you next time. Thanks so much for tuning in. Bye-bye.